Hello and welcome to the Three Amigos FBL podcast ahead of Game Week 30. I'm your host, Don, and I'm joined as always by my amiga, Kylie, and my amigo, Mars. It's great to ride with you two once again. We've no guests this week, but um, with three of us, I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about. Um, Kylie, come to you first. Um, since we last met, we've uh, gone through the roller coaster of two game weeks, of course, because we didn't manage to get a podcast in between before Game Week 29. Um, my own one, Vardy, Higuain, and Sterling came in for me um, over the past three or two game weeks, with Son, Aubameyang, and Rashford making way. Um, over, the, I think it was basically an average of 50 points each game week. Um, which gave me a slight red arrow, um, probably down about 1k to 20k. Um, but um, how about yourself? How did uh, how did the two game weeks go for you? Uh, it was a bit of a, a roller coaster for me. Um, I guess just quickly on the game week uh, 28. I think it was 28. The previous one, mm. um, I had decided sort of last minute that I was going to take a hit and bring in Aguero and captain him. So there was a lot of nervousness um, around that, but it it all worked out very well in the end, fortunately. And I think I ended up on about 65 points that week. So I was very happy with that. Um, This last week was uh, good and bad. I was one of the unfortunate Pogba captainers. So as if it wasn't bad enough when he was playing deep and I kind of had this sense that I wouldn't get any points from him. But um, then, of course, he gets a penalty. And I don't know, I just had this weird feeling. <laughs> so, of course, he misses it. And then just, just to make things worse, like zero is not bad enough, he goes and gets a yellow card, which was so frustrating but um i i kind it was, of it was uh diabolical um the them yellow cards when they come in when someone has done nothing and the yellow card comes in it is salt in the wound without a doubt oh. and right right off the back of that like in the space of seconds it just went downhill i mean there were good things about my game week i had jimenez Obviously, that was a great start. So it actually started quite nicely with that. Um, but, you know, there were a few underwhelming ones. My The two players I brought in were uh, David Luiz and Higuain. And I was quite happy about the fact that David Luiz chose this week. Well, he didn't choose, Sari chose, but for him to be benched because I, I did have points come in from Juan Bissaka. So that worked out okay. Um, and then Higuain scored and he got some bonus. And the real kicker there is I was really weighing up uh, captaining him. And I, I know we all sort of say, oh, I thought about this, I thought about that. But it, it was uh, it was a very close call. So I was already... He was your voice, so you, you yeah. can stand over because he's your voice, yeah. Yeah, I, I did kind of semi-put my money where my mouth was. But uh, e- even on Sunday, I was just sort of thinking, it actually doesn't matter what Higuain does. He will outscore Pogba, even if he doesn't show up. So, <laughs> you know, um, 
that was slightly <laughs> disgusting. Slightly yeah. yeah, so uh, we moved on no, he, that. He, he, yeah, Higuain did uh, great. Now I'm um, very happy. Higuain, Vardy, Jimenez. It was unusual for all three of my forward line to actually produce in yeah. the same game week. I reckon if I look back on my uh, on the season so far, it's the first time that's happened. Um, Sterling is captain now. I that was um, I didn't think of anyone really. Once I brought in Sterling, he was the one I was going to go for. So um, yeah, I was disappointed. But having said that, an awful lot of the captain picks this week didn't do anything. So well, he um, got you a six-point hole. So like mm, that is oh, all. Well, we, listen, we can't call it a hole, Kylie. <laughs> Comparatively, <laughs> you're, you're being very generous. <laughs> as a, as I'm looking at it at the moment, I think it is. Um, I think I have seven game week one blankers. Um, and uh, probably and, well, I'll have the two free transfers, so I'll have nine going into um, game week 31. But we'll get on to our plans for that later on. And uh, tell us, Mersey, how was your game week 28 and 29? So 28 was quite good, 59 points. Um, but 28, 29 was a bit of. Uh, I went into it with 27 points, but Salah, Captain Robertson, and. Um, Louise, Louise obviously didn't play at all, and I had Pereira with a big fat zero. And um, yeah, we all know what happened with Salah, so I ended up on 38 points. But it's fine; it is what it is. We move on. So yeah. Yeah, it sounds like my attitude, Mars, after watching the Liverpool Everton match, was depression, and then realizing, going right, let's move on, just move on to the next one. But uh. Well, uh, ho- hopefully, um, hopefully, game week 30 will be a better one for us anyway, for Liverpool and our teams. But, um, Dave, so you basically, do you roughly come out with around about 100 points over the two game weeks? Just Ballpark under, just that. under, just under, yeah. Yeah, yeah, same as myself, really. Now, before we move on with the rest of the show, we'll give our three amigos FPL Classic League update. So, um, Paul Jones still is in top spot. Um, he has only got, though, um, he's only got a 25 point lead from uh, uh, Kevolution, that's Kevin Lottazar's team, and in third spot is Green End, Danny Powell, uh, Peter Blake's uh, Vegan Poet Society is in fourth spot, and RV Svardl's Sacco Analysis is um, down to fifth spot. So uh, we've, uh, so Sky, Sky player Paul Jones, obviously he's having an, an awesome season. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully he'll keep it up. 47 points in, um, in game week 29. Um, in terms of our manager for the month for February, it was John G's Grifters United team. Um, 313 points, um, despite a subpar game week 29 where he only put in 37 points. Um, Mick O'Neill, I've given him a special mention. He's in second spot on that, um, on that February table. He made a big move there. Um, over the over the past two game weeks, but him um, he's I give him special mention. But I'm a big fan of the name Hacksaw Jim Gundongan, so uh, I like that one. Um, since I've been playing Red Dead Redemption tonight, I think I'm probably in the humour for uh, for a name like that. So so fair play to Mick. Listeners, you'll probably hear in the background Mars is in a bit of a busy spot there. So um, we'll understand if Mars you don't have a song prepared for us this week, have you? No, all I can say is Air France and uh, political situation in Algeria does not really allow me to speak too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mars yeah. is actually in custody at the moment. <laughs> he, he, this is his special phone call. Yeah, this is his phone call. <laughs> Unfortunately, we are not able to provide legal advice. <laughs> yeah, or, and we're not able to come down and break him out like like three no. amigos. We should be able to go break him out of. Uh, of I feel like we lack the necessary skills. <laughs> 
let, let's move on with the rest of our show anyway. Um, the big the big topic of the week, um, Marzi um, and Kylie, it comes from, of course, our mate Dave from Burnley. And um, one of the, it was a topic that he mentioned. It was uh, one of his listener questions, and um, I thought it would be a good one for us to discuss as our overall big topic. Um, the mantra from a lot of managers is not to overdo stockpiling average players in preparation for blank game week 31 while selling blankers who have delivered. However, with Salah out of form, Sané doing nothing, and the United boys having lost their mojo, has that policy changed? Should we really be targeting these blank game weeks to try to maximise our advantage? Um, we'll get to the relevant players in a moment, but first I want to discuss with you guys the ideas of protecting kind of team value at this stage of the season ahead of maybe maximising those game week points. Is it a trap that managers do fall into? Um, Kylie, come to you first on it. Yeah, this is an interesting topic because people do tend to get a little bit heated uh, about it and there's very differing opinions. I suppose what I would say is I definitely think that building value throughout the season, uh, it's it's not the only thing and it's certainly not critical in terms of your ability to have a successful season. What it does do is if you manage to successfully build value throughout the season, it, it can have a big impact on your purchasing power when you're looking at an end-of-season wildcard come the uh, time that you might want to play your bench boost in particular when you're, when you're really looking at trying to field 15 viable players or, or circa 15 viable players. That being said, I personally have never prioritised value. In fact, I'm, I'm one of these people that will always leave the transfer till the absolute last minute, even foregoing uh, making point one or, or point two or whatever it is, uh, because I would rather have certainty over starts than anything else. And yet, despite that, I'm hovering at about 106 or there thereabouts in team value. And that's largely because I was an early adopter of players who have risen, and there are a number of players who have risen. Um, those players we've talked about, they, they tend to be Wolves and United players. And, and this is really what people are mostly talking about at the moment because of the fact that they have blanks and then they double. So on the, the whole selling thing, I suppose my first opinion would be that if you are holding them specifically because you don't want to lose value, then that does not make sense, right? You need to be thinking about the purpose that that player serves in your team because you're at that period now where, it, you know, the value that you have in them is really only relevant if you're going to sell them and then bring them back in. Otherwise, you know, if you're not cashing in on it, it doesn't kind of mean anything. If you're a player, if you're someone who is planning on playing your free hit chip or your wild card in game week 32, for instance, then maybe you are someone who's interested in selling those players or you don't really care uh, because you have the ability to bring them back in your team. I think at this point, it's more about the free transfers that you have. I'm someone who has a lot of value tied up in some of these players. And I'm also someone who's not planning on playing that chip in 32. So I want to hold on to some of these players because I know that they have a double coming up and I have worked out a strategy which will allow me to navigate 31 and 32 with, I hope, some degree of success. But it relies on me not having to transfer these players out for someone who plays in 31 and then transfer them back in in 32. So 
I think on the one hand, it really depends on your transfer strategy as to what you do with those players in particular. But on the wider topic of team value, yes, it is very helpful to you if you have managed to accrue that throughout the season. But now we are at the point where if you've got the money, use it. You don't get bonus points at the end of the season for having the highest team value. It's only useful to you if you actually go out and use it, and that requires making transfers. So Yeah, yeah I, <clears throat> I, I, I partly agree, Kylie. I think there's, there's two ways of looking at this. I think if, if, if you look at the successful managers or, or people who've, um, who are doing well, their team value is probably quite high. Like yeah. Yeah, what's your team value? Um, it's about 106.5, I think. Okay, so I'm on 105.3, and you're higher than me. So it kind of makes sense, because the way you build the team value is by having players who deliver well, and everybody buys them. Uh, you keep them, etc., etc. So I think it's, it's kind of relative. In most cases, you will not see somebody with a high team value that is uh, in, in, in the million, right? So it's kind of relative in, in, in one way. I agree with Kylie where it's, um, it's, it's really about how you're going to play your chips. For example... Um, I plan to wildcard in 32. I bought Pogba right at the beginning when he was like seven point something. And now he's nine million. If I was to sell him now and I want to buy him back for my wildcard, I'm losing one point, nearly 1.6 million that I will need to find back again for my team. So I need to think twice. Do I want to sell him and rebuy? And if I want him in the double, can I just keep him? Yes, Bogba has just missed a penalty, and for the captainers, I'm lucky they got minus two, but he's delivered a lot over the season. I, don't, I wouldn't say they, they've lost their mojo. I just think he was, you know, people are unlucky yeah, with, the, with, the penalty mi- with the penalty miss. Rashford was injured, so you could have sold him. So I'm holding after Arsenal, he will go because I don't have as much value. So some players, for example, Jimenez, I have about 0.2. No problem. I will sell. Um, Rashford maybe point two, no problem. I'll sell because I can rebuy those without much damage. If I was to sell Pogba right now and maybe even Aguero to a degree, I need to rebuy them. So why, if if I if I was if I want them in my wildcard team and I can navigate 31 without selling them, then I'll I'll plan to keep them and that's my plan at the moment. Definitely with Pogba, Aguero is a question mark. So I think it really depends if you how much you have value in that player. And how, and if you want him back again? Um, yeah, but I think that's you're you're bang on there. That is the critical thing, though, because you can't look at these players in isolation. It is it totally depends on what your strategy is, and if you want to keep those players. Like you said, I'm in the same boat as you with Pogba, and um, I'm in the same boat regarding Doherty as well. Um, if, you, if they're players that you decide that you don't want and that you won't want for double game weeks, well, then that's a different story. You can go and move them and it's fine. But if you are going to want them back in, it is an important thing to look at and you can't discount the value question because why would you want to pay potentially 0.6 more for a player that you already had in your team? It's nonsensical. Exactly. I mean, yes, and, and it's not just the... Um... There are some players that I will sell and I'll rebuy. So people, the one thing that people have with this dead ending your team for 31 is you're selling players that are delivering. I haven't sold one player that has delivered. Um, that's my plan, right? So I got rid of people like Schindler. He's had one clean sheet in three, but the player that I replaced him with has had two clean sheets. So 
I'm kind of winning. Sane hasn't really done much. I sold him, and I know if I want him, if he starts playing well, and I, if I want him for the double, I know I'm not losing much value, so I can rebuy him. Uh, okay, I sold I sold Biscuit uh, when he was injured. Okay, he just had a an assist, but I can get over that because again, I bought other players that are delivering well, like Louise. Of course, at the same time, I bought somebody like Pereira, who's probably so far got me two zeros and a one. It's unfortunate, and these things <laughs> happen. It's, it, 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 it happens. We need to get over it. He's playing Fulham next, so hopefully you hope he will get something, right, w- with the new manager. So you just have yeah. and And there's nothing wrong with you going, OK, you know what? I bought Pereira. It's a mistake. I want to sell him. I'll wait until after Fulham. Felipe Anderson is another one that I see people questioning. And to be honest, I've watched him now, and I'm like... Phew. You know what? Like, if I actually can sell him and downgrade him to Brooks and buy and helps me to buy uh, a better player like Avadi or Higuain or something, I'm not scared of selling him. These things happen. Sometimes you buy a player, you think he's gonna deliver, but they don't deliver. You don't have to hold them. But no, just all this, to... all this, I didn't go and sell Pogba and Aguero because they both have good fixtures. Why would I sell them? Mm. Um, I sold exactly. no, I sold Patricio when he was when I knew he was dropped. My plan was to sell him next game week. He got dropped, so I bought Fabianski. He got a clean sheet. It, you know, sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you don't. You just have to make a plan and look at your players. When do you think you, when when do they have difficult matchups? And now in the difficult in the difficult matchups, they might deliver. But these things happen, so you just have to move over it and hope that your players deliver. That's why I've always yeah. said like, have a plan and stick yeah. with it. Oh, and be flexible. I, you know, I know I it kind of contradicts another, itself. Yeah. No, I think that's another critical point here, and um, that is with respect to the run-up. When we were talking about the possibility of double game weeks and blank game weeks over the last couple of weeks, one of the things that we did try and emphasise quite a lot is the importance of not forgetting this run-up period because there were a lot of people who either had a double or had a blank who you could look at as a target that will allow you to set your team up, you know, ahead of these these coming weeks, but who also had really good fixtures and in a lot of cases good form in that run-up. So you weren't just kind of preparing for the sake of preparing with absolute duds. There was enough in the mix to be able to identify interesting players who actually had the ability to get you points in the immediate game weeks as well as prepare you for those coming ones. But I think exactly. you look at people like, like Barnes, like Vardy, these Higuain, guys have done well. Like, yeah. I, you know, I just did well out of him last week. Um, you know, people have done well out of, I did well out of bringing I brought Aguero in for a hit, um, not this game week, the game week before. And, you know, that, that worked out well. My, my um, boy Jamal, my boy Jamal. Two yeah. clean sheets in three yeah. games, you know. You, you look at the fixtures and you decide who... The way I did it was I looked at the fixtures and decided who the players that I don't want and when. Yeah, and at exactly the moment, the at the moment, my plan is maybe, if I want to, I can sell Aguero at, in 31. I lose 0.2 and I can buy him in, back easily with the value that I've built in my team. Um, but the thing is, you know, t- team value becomes important, like you said, with the wildcard because those players that you bought, you don't they, the hundred million that you spent at the beginning of the season. You can't buy the same players. You might have to spend a bit more. So you do you do need to be to, to have some some money in the bank to be able to buy those big players if you want them back. And that's how you need to work it. Mm. I think the key point is basically not to be married to players based on just because they have 
they don't blank coming up or they or whatever your plans are or indeed transfer value not get married too much to them and go more with the form and um and i guess with the fixtures a bit but it's um the transfer value can be a bit of a trap and it can kind of get people um you know get people kind of committed too much to players um and kind of not move away from them and of course if they start performing badly you're going to lose value with them um anyway looking at my team i think it's pretty much just um like doherty would be one and jimenez would be another um and pogba of course that that i'd um, that i'd have a decent bit of value tied into that do blank um and i'm probably hoping that i'll be able to hold on to those three through the blank anyway um, Philippe Anderson, as you mentioned, I think somebody saw on Twitter. I saw on Twitter he's had like one shot on target. I'd love to know what was it. Maybe it could have been editor. Um, um, he possibly was the one who tweeted that out. But it was like only one shot on target in the last four game weeks or something. It's been so it's been pretty. I think poor. it was general. General it might have been general. Something of yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one of intelligent so folks. Uh, same as Pereira, but Pereira before the two fat zeros, he did get a goal and a couple of assists. And mm. you, you looked at their fixtures and you think, right, you could you could get some clean sheets out of those, and you might still do. So really, it just depends on how many hits you prepare, you're willing to take. And if there's a, another form player coming in, so if people want to swap Pereira with, T, with Trent, Alexander Arnold, uh, mm. absolutely go for it. Maybe after the Fulham game, I'll repeat that, but. And Fulham hmm. actually, you know, Fulham played well against Chelsea. So maybe, maybe it's the time to sell Pereira if, if you don't have anywhere else to fix in your team. And if you want to have eight, nine players in a blank game week, it's not the end of the world either. You can just, you can navigate no. it with eight or nine players. Yeah, eight pitches. or nine players, I think, if you have the right players, you'll, um, with, and if they're high enough ownership, um, I think you can definitely ride it out with eight my, or nine. My plan was always have to, to have 11, and I'll continue to do that. And I'm willing to take some hits because I want to, to enjoy the blank, I, I like enjoying building up, and then I'm going to free hit, and you know, just uh, that was my plan. Uh, mm. I will still continue with it. For me, I'd always like still say, Marzi, that I probably, I, I, well, I know it's, it's everyone, everyone plays their own game, as you say, but I, the taking hits for the blank game week is just, it's different than the double because you have more chance to make it back, especially when you're going to free hit or wildcard afterwards. You don't really have the time to make that, you know, that you're not going to be keeping that player around for a while. But you know, as you said, it could it could well work out if you've got eleven players playing in the blank and most of your mini league mates have seven, then you could but you could get the, a nice jump the there. Key, the key the key part here is that I did not have all my eleven play just one game, so I bought Jamal, mm. you know, three games ago. And no, no, I'm, I'm saying I'm saying future. I'm saying hits to get in for for game week 31. Yeah, how many on, at yeah. the moment? At the moment, how many players have you got in your team, for instance, that are going to be around for 31? I think I'm on, at the moment seven. I plan two more for next game week, so that's nine, and probably two mm. more for the game week after that. So a couple of so uh, taking minus uh, fours each time, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I took a minus eight yeah. a while back, um, which was paid straight back with with a Lascelles, uh, clean sheet. So yeah, no, no, it did um, definitely. I think the, a lot of people would. are finding the aggressive hitters actually in the last few game weeks. I've taken two minus fours, and they're definitely paid out each time. So um. I yeah, think that the yeah. the popular pickups each week do seem to be doing things these days, which is which is good. We're at a nice point for for hits. Where uh, you know, I think a lot of us are taking hits at the moment. I like Mars. I, I love a good hit. Um, and I love a hit that I feel some degree of conviction over. I, I get annoyed with myself when I take hits that I probably don't feel convinced by. Um, but it is that time of the season where there there's quick wins to be had with some hits and, and we're seeing that week in, week out at the moment and we'll 
see more of that, I would believe, over the coming weeks. People nice are getting one. more aggressive. Uh, they're getting more aggressive, or what we might call them is desperate, really. Yeah. Yeah. We'll move on to, um, I want to actually, in, in lieu of um, Bank Mar- Bank Marrier stock, um, I want to actually go through, because this topic, um, the blank, is what everyone is talking about at the moment. So we want to go through by position, but also by kind of team um, to look at. The, the, our, our level of belief, I guess, in players at the moment. Uh, Mars, I'm going to start off with you. You mentioned Patricio's and Golfria dropped. Um, was he injured, I believe, at the weekend? And also the other Wolves boys. Um, are you going to just get rid of, um, you know, Patricio's already gone, but um, Jimenez, Doherty, are they worth keeping through the blank, um, looking at the fixtures they have coming up? And if you are going to get rid of them, give me a few of the preferred replacements um, for each position. So I don't have Doherty. Um, if I had bought him right at the beginning and have so much value, he'd probably be one of the players that I would not sell. Only because defence and getting a clean sheet is just so so bloody difficult and depending on a whole team performance whether than just player or your keeper making a mistake but if you want to look at um, if you were looking at selling somebody like this, so yes I already sold Patricio I think there's there's uh, two keepers that I would suggest like Fabianski or Boruch um, from um, Bournemouth even though I don't like the defence but they have some good fixtures coming up um, I've already mentioned uh, Jamal uh, from um, you know Everton have, uh, sorry Newcastle, have Newcastle. Got Everton next and then um, they go to Bournemouth so it's not an easy game uh, Bournemouth like an attacking uh, attacking at home and then um, if we skip 32 and 33 they will have uh, potentially Crystal Palace if they play now if they don't um, it's an you know and you, you will have a transfer free for for 33 and and you could pick somebody who's not Blanking in, in, in 33. Um, others are like Burnley. Burnley have been quite tight. They've, um, the, the issue, the issue, the issue that we have is a lot of the teams or the players that you're getting are, are playing each other. So Burnley are playing, um, uh, Burnley have got obviously Liverpool. So you wait, you, you don't get it this game week because you think Liverpool at home after that performance will, will go and do something. Then they've got Leicester at home. Burnley have been quite strong at home. And then they've got, um, Bournemouth away, so not the easiest. But probably the biggest or the easiest move for, from Doherty is, um, especially if you've built the value on him and you want to sell him, uh, is, is Liverpool defence. So Trent. Mm. Trent has uh, looked brilliant, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And he's, you know, we look much stronger with him in, in, in our defence and he has attacking potential. So I would say he'd probably be the first option. However, I do, like I said, for me, I'm sure there's people who bought Doherty at 4.4. And he's now like nearly a 5.5, right? Or something like that. I'm one of them, yeah. Yeah. I bought him at 4.4 and he's now like 5.4 or something. Not sure I'll be selling if you're going to rebuy because they have a double in 32. And then another one. And then one in 35, yeah. Exactly. So he wouldn't be going anywhere for me. Not at all. Yeah. And the Jimenez, Uh, the form of Jimenez, it makes him very, very hard to sell because I do definitely want to get him back anyhow. Jimenez is an interesting one. I, I bought him not as early as everybody else. Um, you were so basically a couple of weeks after me on everything, Maris, which is basically the way you've played the season. 
Ah, uh, yeah, if you if you like to think so, uh, that, that's fine. Only and point you were a can... couple of weeks after me, John. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you came in there. Only right. point yeah. two for me. So he, he's like going. He's going probably next game week, and my and I I have to. I would say the two, three main choices. You've got Vardy from Leicester, especially now. I think Rogers has come out and said he's not too bad. So they got Fulham at home. I think for me the key is I've, what I'm decided to do is target the the weak teams. So you know your 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 Fulham who are conceding goals. Okay, they played well against Chelsea, but they still conceded. Uh, Huddersfield they still conceding. Um, with all due respect. <laughs> um, and maybe Cardiff, uh, right? Just had yeah. to be in there. <laughs> so Leicester are playing uh, Fulham at home, and then they play Burnley away. We said I said Burnley are strong at home. Rogers loves an attacking team, and uh, you know they could they could trouble Burnley. Um, and then uh, in in 33 they play Huddersfield. So you know Vardy is a is a great option. Um, I wouldn't personally go for me, no, but another player is Higuain. Now, I did not jump on Higuain mainly because I have other priorities and I think he's still quite expensive. Um, I personally, even after the Fulham game, I like what I like about him is he, he goes straight for the shot. But I haven't seen something that that I think will make him, exp- that he shows me that he'll be explosive. That Saying that Vardy also scores one goal here and there, but he's much cheaper. But, you know, Chelsea uh, are playing Wolves next and then um, Everton uh, away. So, will Everton play like they did against Liverpool? Don't know. Um, and then uh, in 33, uh, Chelsea play West Ham. So, it's a derby. The critical, thing with Chelsea is, the critical thing with Chelsea and really what's driving interest is this very likely situation that there will be a double. Um, for them in 32. So people like myself who are navigating um, the that block of 31 to 32 without using their free hit or their wild card, um, or even if they are and, you know, there's still 33 in the mix, they very possibly present an opportunity there, um, you know, to, to kind of get these plays in while they have good fixtures ahead of that. So that was the reason why I jumped in on Higuain. And yeah, I definitely I agree. I don't think that he – I would have classified him as a, a punt worth taking given the setup and the fixtures and everything and that I kind of needed to get someone in there. And for me, Vardy didn't really meet the requirements for my strategy. He does for many others. Um but, you know, I would agree that I, I certainly wouldn't have super high expectations of him. Um, but it was definitely nice to get the goal. And he could have had more. Uh, yeah, he should, have, he, he should have had more. But that's that's my issue with Chelsea full stop. Um, you just don't know what you're going to get, which is why I went with Luis. I'm not, yeah, I'm annoyed that he didn't play, but it just means that he'll be fresh for the for the run. And I agree with you. They could be players that I'll bring in my uh, free hit or, or wild card later on. I just... You know, um, for me, I, just, I wanted to wait and see. Uh, other options, you know, you've got Rondon and uh, Barnes if you want to. Uh, you know, the good thing about getting these guys is they are cheaper guys that will allow you to buy more expensive midfielders like Yamani and Hazard. So, it's, again, I would say target the fixtures where you think the, the defence is weak, uh, teams with good form. Um, yeah, and then see the rest well, of the well, team where you, where you need the gaps. 
Yeah, one thing that's funny, um, you mentioned about uh, Burnley earlier on, and I'm going to move on a second with Kylie and Arsenal, but uh, mentioned we, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, we said about how Burnley looked like they've really tightened up a lot at the back, and they've conceded, I think, three in each game since then. So um, we we truly have the, the power to jinx. Goal. Mm. After I after I tipped Bardsley, he got an own goal. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we're we're truly we're magnificent. There's no other we're FPL podcast that is efficient as us. Yeah, <laughs> quite impressive. We're storm. Yeah, I was just going to say we are providing insights into who people should avoid and pick up, but it's basically the reverse of what we're telling people, seemingly. Yeah, it's our unique selling point, and so yeah. everyone has to have those USPs, as we all know. <laughs> Arsenal are followed by the blank for Man United. Um, does um, does the Red Devils does their form and running merit sticking with maybe Dave Saves if you have a decent backup on the bench? And um, what about the defensive kind of options like Lindelof, Shaw? Or a midfield Pogba or um, or Rashford up top. Um, we touch we talked a bit about Pogba earlier on because a lot of people do have a big amount of value tied up in him. What about options? Are maybe sticking around with um, through the blank? Are they worthy of basically being carried? Any of those other options? Uh, yeah, I think so. But I, again, my strategy differs to other people. So I'm having to. Uh, set my team up for those who double and those who blank. So I am absolutely still interested in United and I, I don't, I mean, United seemingly have this kind of a result against Southampton quite often. So I really wouldn't take it as overly indicative. I know there's some concerns over the fact that um, Rashford isn't really delivering back from injury and Lukaku is now doing really well, right? And they do have injuries and, and so on and so forth. But they have really nice fixtures in their their um, 32 double. So I think that they look a great shout for that. We would hope that they would have some of those injured players back by then and, and that Pogba in particular won't be playing as deep. Um they have managed to to concede. They did manage to concede uh, there, you know, at the weekend. But they have been looking much better at the back. And I think that the likes of Shaw and Lindelof represent really good value. I mean, it is, Mars said earlier, it's very hard to come by reliable clean sheets at the moment, particularly outside of Liverpool. And they do have the potential to get bonus points and, you know, Shaw um, – has the potential to come up with assists. I know he probably hasn't delivered as many as, as we would expect, but um, if you are in a situation where you are deliberately planning to bring in double game week players, and, and this would apply for people who are free hitting in 31 as well, then given the team's, that we know are having a double in 32, and it's not that many at this point. We do know United have a double then, um, and they have a really good run. So I would uh, I would absolutely consider them. Maybe I wouldn't bring them in for the Arsenal match, right, because I think that there will be goals in that. But mm. um, I wouldn't be selling them, and I'd be very open to, you know, maybe doing a, a bringing – one in uh, from 31 into 32, depending what your your situation is. Um, yeah. yeah, they would I be mean, very popular, definitely in the in run into so, the yeah. season. Yeah, 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 and they're affordable. Like it's so rare that we find 
multiple United defenders who are they're reliable in terms of their minutes. We know that they're playing. Um, they're in a much stronger looking team now. One little hiccup does not derail the whole whole sort of show. So um, I would definitely be considering them. Nice one. Thanks, Millcake. Um, and Mersey, move on to Man City. So um, th- for for me, they're probably too expensive to bench. Um, or, or in fact, what do you think? Do you think you should just suck it up with Fulham to come in game week 32? For those who do have kind of multiple city and who probably haven't really probably planned too much, if you do have multiple city, um, what would your strategy be for um, game week? I think if you don't have your chips or you use your free hit or you don't have your wild card, you certainly keep hold of your city players because they will have a double, mm. most likely, and a really mouthy double, like water mouth, mouth water mouth, mouth watering double. Um, <laughs> a really mouthy double. I was trying to figure out what that meant there. <laughs> that got a bit strange. It's been a long day. Uh. <clears throat> However, um, for example, for uh, you know, we, can't, we keep coming back to our teams because that's what we can base it on, right? I had Laporte. I had planned on keeping him because, for me, I'll probably bring him back if he's fit, right? But he got injured, so I sold him. Um, I didn't have much value. Aguero is the option for me. I could sell him for, for example, Higuain. It's probably the easiest way for me to afford Higuain if he suddenly starts going berserk. Um, but I plan on benching him. Uh, because I want to have him in my wild card, and that's again money that I don't need to overspend on on a player that I know I want. And no matter how many times we keep saying, "Oh, Jesus is back, Aguero's tired," a fit Aguero and a playing Aguero is always going to be dangerous. I know people are frustrated because they didn't score in one game. They did have 23 shots. It's not going to happen again. I would like it to happen as a Liverpool fan, but it's not going to happen that many times. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> For the midfielders, is different. Again, you know, like Sane, would you keep hold of him? I mean, he's done absolute sweet FA for a while, and I sold him, and I don't regret it. Uh, Sterling is a different option. A lot of people just bought him in um, because of his record against Bournemouth, because of their fixtures. So I'm keeping, I'm keeping Aguero for the Watford game, and then I'll decide later what happens. I think uh, it really depends on the player. Is he playing? Is he being rotated? And the value that you have in, and also your chips. Yeah, all about those chips. Um, and Kylie, come to you now on the last one. Okay, now um, I gave this one to you because me and Mars are a bit too emotionally invested to speak of, speak about it. Yeah, yeah. But Liverpool, what the beep is going on? Uh, no blank game weeks, but the Reds players are blanking more than Marzi post vasectomy. What do you recommend, Reece Salah in particular? Um, uh, he's of course deserving of a segment all of his own. Sorry, it's a bit windy, so I'm going to give this to Kylie. I can't deal with the wind. (laughs) (laughs) You weren't invited to answer that one, Mars. That was coming to me anyway. Um, Okay. (laughs) What is he on about? I have no idea. How do you not? Oh, my God. Have you not? not, not, No, right. It's because he's talking about how Klopp and his, his weather comments. It was just weird. Yeah, <laughs> and his weather comments. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Um, because Everton didn't experience the wind. It was exclusively... Uh, Dave Cloudhoppers, so, Kylie, yeah. it doesn't affect them the same way. No, okay. Um, okay, Liverpool. Yeah, wow. 
Firstly, I have to say, when we had Stag on, this is going back a little while and it's before Trent got injured, and he strongly advocated for people to consider a double Liverpool defence. Now that Trent is back, I have to say a big clap on the back for that one and indeed anyone who may have taken that advice or, or gone a similar path and there's quite a few that have come out of the woodwork because certainly in game week uh, 28 that was ridiculous uh, for for it, really anyone who owned uh, a combination of, of those three defenders and um, it's been a decent time to, to own defenders they've been getting a lot of results there the, the big concern uh, obviously and what everyone wants to talk about is Salah because he has just really, in terms of his ability to deliver points reliably and and as a captain, have gone. It's gone off the boil, and it's gone off the boil at a time where it's very challenging for any of us to justify selling him, simply because of the fact that we have this blank game week in 31, and we don't have a lot of captainable targets. It makes sense to have three Liverpool players and it makes sense to have Salah. You also have a lot of money. Let's be real. Like in game week 31, where are you going to spend your Salah money? Really hard to find the answer to that. Um, but I had a look, right, uh, at, at Salah. So the last six game weeks and then the, the previous period before that. So that's um, game week 18 to 23 and then game week 24 to 29 because – um, you know, in watching him yesterday, he certainly looked a, a bit heavy handed to me that I don't know if it's a confidence crisis or what it is, but there's something seemingly going on there. And he he just looks a little bit off. Um, but statistically, like it's he's not faring that badly. So obviously on the the delivery front he's doing a, he was doing a lot better so in 18 to game weeks 18 to 23 six goals three assists and 10 bonus points which is the most shocking development of all of that because we know seller is like teflon he has this wonderful ability to avoid bonus um and then there's only one goal zero assists and zero bonus from 24 to 29 so his current goal involvement rate in that period is 10% versus 53% before that. His baseline bonus has gone down substantially to six from a baseline bonus of 23. Um, but it, in terms of his actual actions, there's not really been that much difference, right? So, you know, during that that peak period where he was doing really well, he was averaging 9.7 penalty area touches. Well, he's still averaging 8.8, right? So it's not that many in the difference. He's currently averaging 3.3 attempts per match compared with 2.3 in that peak goal scoring period. So he's actually having more attempts on goal, right? Part of the difference is that about half of those attempts are in the box, whereas all of them were in the box in uh, game weeks 18 to 23. And only 1.5 of them now are on target. So less than half of them are on target now. And in looking at the stats, to me, I think one of the biggest things, aside from the fact that his shooting accuracy is down, is the fact that he's only had point averaged 0.3 
big chances. So they're the chances that he's had. Um, 0.3 in that period compared to 1.5 big chances before that. So that says a lot about the creativity and not necessarily from him, just in general. What chances is he getting? What are the quality of chances that he's getting? Given that the team has not been scoring as much, remove the previous game week where the defenders and Mane just went absolutely bananas, right? Outside of that, they've had a lot of draws and they have not been scoring as much. So that ties in with what we're seeing there regarding creativity. So uh, it's not that Sal is looking bad on paper. He's uh, it, To me, it seems like he's maybe going for more attempts outside the box because he's probably a little bit desperate to get back on the scoring board. Uh, I would say that there's a lot of pressure on him at the moment. Um, Liverpool need goals. They're very close to being in a situation where they could win the title and not being able to get that one goal has definitely put them in a trickier situation than they would like to be and, and than they were in mm. a, a few weeks ago. Um, so I don't know how much of it is is pressure and and I how think much a, is I think a lot of it is pressure. Yeah, a lot of yeah. it's pressure, and he just doesn't seem he doesn't seem to be confident. He's good yeah. doing, you know, the the thing we often see with Salah, where he does a little hop and turns around, and you know, goes, oh. uh, you know, you can see it, tell he's exactly exasperated with himself. Yeah, just a touch. Yeah. yeah, just where he'd like his. Do touch you mean heavy legged? But, yeah, but, but but you wouldn't say it that way. <laughs> yeah, but heavy legged it is, but it's it's like his touch has just alerted him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And um and he just well, if you were the purely on the eye test and yeah. he's getting into he's getting into the positions, he could have had two, three against Everton easily. Right. Um, and you would back him in when he's oh, them positions, yeah. flying in those chances, you would absolutely back him to to nail it when he's he in He just seems to want to get too close to the goalkeeper. But um, we'll, um, for Liverpool's sake, I hope to God it, um, it turns around because obviously he's, he is our main man. But, um, but from a fantasy point of view, I 100% agree, Kylie. I think 31, we'll all have enough money, more than enough money, if we, um, if we do try to maximise our players. And um, what are you going to do with that Salah money? You can't invest it in the Man City midfielders, for instance. I um, think it gets interesting in 32, right? Mm, it does, we it does, touched yeah. on this last week. I, I think it gets interesting in 32 because I don't think it, it makes sense for anyone, given how close 31 is now, really to be looking at moving on Salah. People may take that risk, but um, it, it's a hard-ish one to justify. But because of the fact that you could move Salah to a Sterling, for example, in 32, um You've wild card time coming up really close, so you could get him back in as well. I think we're probably going to start seeing his value. It becomes it becomes a real decision then, yeah. It's possible to do a, a switcheroo and get him out. Like they don't have a great fixture in the double anyway. Um, I mean, look, it's Tottenham and Tottenham aren't looking super at the moment, but still, it, it, it's not like they're playing Fulham. Um, yeah. yeah. And this is not the Salah where in the past, you know, last year there would have been very serious discussion about the risks one might be taking if they removed a single game week Salah 
from their team in a double game week to, to bring in someone else. It's not mm. looking that way at the moment. So I think we could get some mix up there. It's, I, I think it's what people do after game week 32 that will be particularly interesting because they do still have a, a really nice run of fixtures. And with his form at the moment, of course, the captaincy um, percentages are spread out yeah. a lot more than what they might be in other in other times because he has kind of he has had a successive few games where he's where he's blanked. Um, thanks, Moon. Okay, um, folks, let's move on to our Barlow and Baldwin captain picks for um, for game week thirty. So, Marzi, come to you first on it. Um, who's your boring Barlow pick, and who is your ballsy Baldwin pick for game week thirty? So boring would be Aguero playing Watford at home. Ballsy. Oh, Jesus. Um, Rashford at Arsenal. Rashford at Arsenal. What's your logic behind there? Just... I just think I just think um, Arsenal can't defend. They will leave lots of space at the back. And Rashford will run into that space, catching on Lukaku's first touch. Um. Yeah. No, I like good stuff. And uh, Kay, what about yourself? Uh, yeah. So I I would never call uh, Aguero at home boring, but he is certainly the uh, seemingly safe pick um, this this week. Did you I mean just... that in a dirty way, there, Kylie? No, you'd because never call, I... you'd never call no. Aguero at home boring. <laughs> No, Nymph will be after you. Boring. Nymph will be after Nymph. you. Yeah? That's that's a new man. Uh, yeah, I I'm, I don't have eyes on her man. God, she'd kill me. Um, <laughs> no, we all know that I, I'm all about the Frenchman. Okay. Um, no, Aguero, I have very fond feelings for, but but not in that respect. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for clarifying that. <laughs> I, I felt it was necessary. I, like I could have been at risk there. Um, no, I, I think it's hard to look past him at home to Watford. Uh, certainly in my team, that there's no one that would really make me question that decision um, at, at this stage. Um, in terms of my riskier pick, for me, that would be doing what I should have done in this last game week, which is Higuain at home to Wolves. Wolves do like to concede a couple of goals. Uh, except apparently when Doherty's playing. Uh, sorry, except when Doherty's not playing, when he's on the bench and doesn't get a clean sheet, which is quite irritating, but however, not overly bitter here or anything. Um, yeah, I just in terms of my team, he's kind of the only one that I would look at outside of Aguero and think that could be interesting. Again, haven't seen a huge amount of from him that would suggest it's a safe pick. So he'd probably be my riskier one, given that alternatives like Jimenez uh, are playing Chelsea. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm probably on Sterling as my uh, as my Baldwin or my Barlow captain pick, and my Baldwin probably would be Verdi actually um, at home to Fulham, as we mentioned earlier on. Um, it's very easy to see him coming up with a couple of goals, but uh, most likely I probably will be on Sterling um, for my, for his two week uh, stint in my team. I'll um, I'll probably could probably go Sterling, and hopefully he'll repay me this week. Watford are no slouches, mind you, but um, I can see Man City scoring because I think that they'll definitely try to capitalise on on the Liverpool slip up. 
Well, yeah, um, also, and unlike bizarre turn of events in which Bournemouth, who are so bad defensively, suddenly decide to put, like, nine defenders on the the pitch. I know that's not what happened, but it felt like it. I mean, what on earth was going on there? Did you see the stats? Like, they didn't have a single attempt, and that wasn't even – like, it was was just a bizarre, bizarre match. But um, I don't think that we will see the same thing with Watford. I think Watford – uh, I think that could be quite open, to be honest. And Watford are in a good vein of form. They're scoring uh, plenty of goals at the moment. So I I just mm. don't think that this is going to be another 1-0 as per the West Ham and Bournemouth matches. So it could be a good, good one. Thanks, Kate. I'm Troy Deeney's biggest fan this weekend, by the way, just so you all know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want him to get a hat-trick for once. Absolutely. If, if if he does score and uh, Man City drop points, then um, I think uh, 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 your maybe a change around your Twitter handle for a week might be a good idea, Marzi. You're on. Um, yeah. Uh, let's move on, folks, to the listener questions um, section of the show, and um, I'll come to you, Marzi, first. On FBL, Dare was asking. Actually, he's his one is about Sane. Do we think Pep will give him a run next game? A City only out only put one past Bournemouth without him, or maybe he would have subbed him on if he thought it could have helped. So um, what do you think, uh, what do you think, Marzi? What do you think on Sané's um, outlook for uh, for the coming game week? Yeah, I think it's Thursday's first question, and I, I, I absolutely love his content. I find it hilarious, and he's doing well with people picking his captain for him, so maybe we should do the same. Um, but uh, look, I think if you've held Sane for this long, you keep him against Watford, considering he didn't play. Let's see what happens. Are City playing tomorrow, tonight in the Champions League, or is it next week? I actually don't know. Um, if they are playing this week in the Champions League, wait and see the team. Um, if not, you hold on to Sane and uh, you maybe sell after Watford. Again, it depends on your chip strategy. And if he... I'm not sure if that. Yeah, I know there's some games this week and some next week. Pretty but sure let's the say... match is Watford. Yeah, then you hold on to Sane uh, because he'll be fresh um, at home. Uh, and then again, you sell after that, or it depends on your chip strategy. And if you don't have any wildcard or free hit and you want him in your wildcard team, then you hold. Uh, but he's not as bad a player as people make out. Yeah, we get frustrated, but he can still score and damage Watford if they come to City to play. It's a fact. Nice one, Mersey. Um, and Kylie, come to you on. Um, actually, uh, Dave. Dave was asking a follow-up question. I'm wondering what, what whether we should ca- consider not captaining Salah. Um, so, um, yeah, good, good one, Dave. I'm sure Mersey, you appreciated that one, did you? That was around about the time when we were, when your bags were all missing and you were, uh, you were feeling pissed off at the world. So Dave, yeah, something to do with the weather or something. Yeah, if it's rainy or windy or whatever, don't captain Salah. Apparently. Yeah. yeah, if it's indoors, if it's, if it's an indoor arena, then captain them every week. Um, J- Jimmy McCheese, Claret FBL, Mars or Kylie, um, which players would you cherry pick out of each of the bottom five sides? So, um, if you had one from each, that would be interesting. So, um, do you have any kind of players from the bottom five, um, that you're that you're looking at? Probably not. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> um, oh, hold on. I need to just double check who is because uh, I'm really I'm not looking at uh, Huddersfield. No disrespect, but uh, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're kind. Of, 
Yeah, that needs to be a new hashtag. Um, okay, hold on a second. So I'm not looking at Fulham, um, even with Mitrovic. Uh, I'm definitely Babel, not looking Babel at Babel apparently is the second highest. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, Ryan, Babel has a, has a decent number of assists or um, chances yeah, created. Yeah, There's a couple yeah, of not, returns coming in, but sorry. I just don't, I just think that no. it's, it's, yeah, no, it's a, it's a, Categorical no. So, all right then. Outside of Cardiff, who are a no, Fulham are a no, Huddersfield's a no, Southampton. I'm selling my Southampton assets uh, because they. Just, Ward Prowse uh, is doing great. He Ward. is, but uh, this this is no. All on my bench, but this is no particular issue with them, right? I've I've been very happy with Bednarak. I've had Hoiberg on the bench, and you know I haven't really needed him to come on, so he's been fine. The thing with Southampton is because they blank, they then don't have a double. Um, they they just not – it's kind of like the Arsenal conversation we had last week. You know, they have another dodgy fixture and then they blank and then no double. They they really just don't fit in with any but, of my plans. Bednarak is a good one to have if you're free-hitting or wild or, or wild-carding so you're not using your bench because he's cheap value. And that's the only reason you would have him right now. Yeah, I I don't think you'd bring him in, right? But, well, like, if you no. if, if you want, if you want to play in sub, that is, uh, you know, to, to so if you're free hitting, you want your absolute, you want everything on 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 on, or let's say you wild card and then you want doubles everywhere, hoping that they at least play one game. The value you want is to be in your eleven. He's definitely somebody that you put on the bench. Because yeah. Cheap. You, you can do that. I suppose what I'm saying though is in the larger sense, right? So for me personally, it just doesn't make sense to have them, right? But it, they don't really fit with any strategy at the moment. So it's it's just right now, right? This in terms, uh, and that's really because of the 31 to 32 period, right? After that, they're still representing good value. Uh, Ward Prowse is doing really well. So the, it, it's not me slamming their potential as a team. I think of the bottom ones, they are and have rewarded people. I've been rewarded by them. I just don't think that now it is a, a buy. I, no, I think, I think, Kylie, you're totally disrespecting them. And never like Mars is giving due, dis, due respect to Huddersfield, and you're just giving no respect whatsoever to these teams. They're, oh, they're struggling. No, and, I yeah. like, uh, no, full, full disrespect is your hashtag. Oh, this one, what do you think? Burnley, Burnley is the <laughs> last on. one. Burnley's yeah. the last one, right? Hey, I gave a Bardsley shout-out. Um, Burnley, are, okay, they haven't been uh, quite as strong the last two games as they were before that, but I still like Burnley. Uh, they look a lot better now, even though they have started conceding some more goals. But they have really cheap options. Barnes continues to deliver points. So I... The Austrian you know, legend. Yeah, so Barnes absolutely is one that I would be considering. So no Barnes, friends. so we're thinking Barnes, we're thinking um, and Bednarak basically as kind of potentials for well, if you for, for for their certain function for whatever for if they fill fulfill the function you're looking for. Bednarak is it is very handy a player his price to just have him stuck there on the bench and not worry about him. Yeah. And you never know what he'll produce during the uh, when you're if you're bench boosting. Um, the uh, FBL booster was asking about Jimenez and Darty and Bournemouth players switch um, too obvious. It, it is the it is the the natural kind of uh, switch, I guess, is to Bournemouth 
from um, from Wolves because their fixtures do look good and they do look Not dirty. Funny. Why would you bring in a Bournemouth defender? No. Yeah, no, I know. But don't let the city match deceive you. They beat Adams, well, they Adams are they are playing player. they are playing Huddersfield. They are playing Huddersfield. You know what I'm yeah, going to say. Away from no home. Disrespect. I agree. I agree. Yes, uh, defenders maybe, but uh, for Jimenez, yeah. I mean, King 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 is a King, option. Yeah. Brooks Brooks is an option. Um, I think Fraser's an option. Super, right? Yeah, I think yeah. I love Bournemouth attack, so I'd be I'd be absolutely advocating that people look at Bournemouth attack, look at Brooks, look at King. Um, Fraser is still there. Wilson's not quite uh, fully cooked. He he still needs a bit of sharpness. Um, but they, from this point on, they they look super bargain buys, and I can absolutely understand if you don't have a huge amount of money tied up in Jimenez that you would be looking at him. Likewise, if you've got Jota, uh, he, he could be moved on, mm. Fraser or, or Brooks. But yeah, they're good fixtures think... until the end of the season, yeah? It's like yeah. They, they actually play no one Beautiful. in the top of the table. Yeah. And I think they'll yeah. get their confidence back, and I think we'll start seeing some sort of more goals coming out of them. Uh, but I would not be looking. Uh, I think uh, Barak, you mentioned earlier, he makes sense because he's four million as a keeper, right? So there's absolutely merit in that. Um, but in terms of the actual defenders, no, I wouldn't look at them. I think that you have between Newcastle, I mean, we're talking about single game week um, team here. Bournemouth don't have doubles, right? So mm-hmm. I would be looking more at Newcastle, Burnley, these kind of teams rather than Bournemouth in that price range. Nice one. Um, Mars, um, quick. Now, because we've only got about five minutes left, um, FBL Call was asking, and um, he said it's another horrible game week for him. For many managers, it's been a fairly poor season, himself included. What key learning will you take from this season and implement how you play FBL next season, if any? So, Mersey, what would be your little um, your nugget of information that you've you've learned from this season? Keep your chips for the couple double game weeks and the blank game weeks. Yeah, that's the main. 100%. That's the main one. That, that is what I've learned this season as well. Because normally I do play that second wild card earlier, and um, this this season it's it's been a major comfort and an awful lot more flexibility tactically by by holding on to that chip as much as you do want to make, get as much value from it as possible. Um, it all helps, of course, if your if your team is relatively in good shape because um, if you and didn't don't need to use that wild card early. Um, Morpheus Fire. Kylie um, was he had a couple of questions for us. Um, Chelsea triple up Hazard, Higuain, and Louise, yay or nay? Um, so is that a yay or a nay from you, Kylie, on that one? Um, I don't know about a triple up. Yeah, I mean, look, if if you're going for it, you absolutely can do it. I am very. Chelsea don't look that good. No, I like the idea of two. I think I think David Luiz is a great pick. Okay, because he does have real attacking potential. He's getting bonus and then, you know, it has the clean sheet potential as well. So I think mm. David Luiz is, for, for me, the number one Chelsea pick. Um, yeah. And I think but, it makes sense to get an attacker. I, I think if, with the fixtures, if they were in flying form and I felt confident, then it might be worth the investment. I'd be hedging my bets a bit and just going with one of Higuain or Hazard, I think. Or Hazard. And the, um, also, he was asking about TAA, and he's wondering about any risk of rotation between the Bayern game, which is on Wednesday, and blank game week 31, which is the way to Fulham. 
for me, I probably don't, I wouldn't think there's. I think that he Liverpool have looked so much better with him in the team that I don't think the club is going to drop him. I don't think they can afford to. No, um, unless unless Klopp sees something tactically that he's that he's not doing right. Um, but uh, but uh, for me, from the eye test as a fan, um, I don't see how that's possible. Um, Mars from FBL Step Up Adam was um, first of all he said he loves the pod. Thanks very much for that. Um, what's your view on building to a Chelsea double up in defence for game week thirty one to thirty three? And if so, who would you get? What do you think on a double up for Chelsea? We did mention like if uh, if you were really ballsy. Yeah, I, I don't through. know. I don't know if you would. I don't know if you would double up, but Louise is definitely a good one. They're quite mm. expensive, so one of them will do. Yeah, and I wouldn't go. Um, wouldn't go with Kepa, for instance, or Caballero because you don't know what's going to happen there. Um, it's impossible to kind of predict. Um, Kylie FBL addict uh, FIFA Wallet was asking, um, do you think Sterling Hazard risk of rotation next game week? Um, Hazard two days rest after the Europa, Cup, Europa League game, and Sterling two days rest before the Champions League game. Um, what do you? Who would you think would more likely, um, Hazard or Sterling, to basically? Uh, I don't feel like I'm that worried about Sterling. Um, he did just have a rest. I do know that there were. There was a lot of comments about Hazard looking quite exhausted um, after the match, and he was taken off uh, early again, actually, during that match. I think around maybe the 70th minute or something. Um, so th- th- there's some memories about a bit of fatigue there. Uh, they kind of need him to play, though, so uh, I'm not sure how much stock I'd, I'd put in rotation. I think we know we come to this period and we've got maybe a lot of fixtures going on. There's still European football happening. Rotation's going to happen. It, it is what it is. I mean, rotation happened in the last double game week. It's going to happen in this one. It's going to happen with outside of Premier League fixtures. So I would just stick with who you think is going to get you the most points over a given period and just hope that you have coverage on your bench. That's probably not super helpful, but... Um, no, it's honest. That's all you can do. Um, the uh, FPL is back. Uh, so FPL Simon was asking about Liverpool triple up, and do we need to rethink that? I don't know what I necessarily rethink it, because as we mentioned, up to game week 31, you don't have a massive amount of options after game week 32. It's um, you. You do have more choices there, and um, you know whether or not the triple up might be a bit too much. But um, you know Robertson, um, Ta, even Allison and Goal, Salah, Mane, they're they're all they're all worthy options. So if you have three of them, then um, it's it's not too bad. But um, but I would agree that um, I wouldn't like to have three of them probably at the moment. I wouldn't go getting them in, shall we say, because um, they just they don't seem to be firing on all cylinders. Uh, the da, 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 uh, FBL Thunder Jeff was asking, uh, Marzi, give this one to you. Is Newcastle and West Ham double up too much for game week 31? Um, I know I have Fabianski, I have Anderson, um, you have uh, Jamal. Um, who else from Newcastle would you be looking at? Maybe Rondon? Um, but um, would, it, would a double up for each of them be, would you be feeling happy with that if you had that for 31? Uh, yeah, I would be, yes. Uh, I mean, 
Newcastle playing Bournemouth away. We just talked about Bournemouth defence, so London could test them. Um, and uh, West Ham are playing Huddersfield. So, yeah, I like them. Um, I'll stick with you, actually, with Jeff was asking another question. He normally comes up with his fun questions for us. Um, now, I don't know whether you'll be able to answer this, but um, it's uh, imagine VAR is in operation for in real life. Um, everyone in the world has a right to ask for a reply to be, I imagine he means replay to be reviewed. Discuss how it could be used, where it would be beneficial to you and where it might catch you out. Um, Marzi, do you have an answer for us on that one? I can never put again if people ask for a replay because you'll see what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> we do replays all the time. We're, um, right, leave a gap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I have to say, um, I think it would be super useful when you're having a, a, a disagreement with your significant other, shall we say, because, look, I can be a bit annoying about this because I think I'm always right. Um, I'm one of those. But in my defense, I feel like I am in, in any disagreement no. that I have with Paul, but I would love VAR on a few occasions. So I could just be like, let's just wind that back. Remember what I said about X, Y, Z. Yeah, I think that there's plenty of personal situations. Also in work, you know, when you're dealing with someone who's really annoying or uh, incompetent, I feel like if you just whipped out a bit of VAR action, would be so helpful. <laughs> now, it would be difficult to navigate because um, then you could have could have lots of awkward moments. But sure, it has real life use as well, I think. Yeah, it could be dangerous. Um, yeah. <laughs> Marzi, um, Andre L was um, was asking, first of all, he's a multi-part question and part of it, you have been a... Marzi, did you ever get your suitcase? Yes, no thanks to nobody at France, I did. Have you been banned by Air France? We'll find that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> For Kylie, with the crappy recent performances, especially from the premium players, has this changed your strategies uh, for game weeks 31 through to 35? No, it hasn't, because they haven't been, to be fair, they haven't been crappy. Uh, it was kind of self-inflicted this week with Pogba. I, I should have gone with my instincts not to go there. And, I, you know, I ended up, respectively across the two game weeks anyway. So I'm mm. really well geared up given uh, what I'm planning to do and I'm happy with that. The real spanner in the works will, will be um, coming in 31 when we, we get these fixtures and we see what's really going to be happening in 32 and 35. And I don't think I would be changing my strategy until that point, uh, you know, and then that might cause me to, to do something a bit different um, than I'm looking at. But I'm trying to keep it relatively flexible just in case that happens. Good stuff. And um, the, what to do with Rashford, Son, and maybe even Salah? Well, we did discuss Salary, Ron. Rashford, great fixture coming up this week. But um, if, you, if you can carry him on your bench, depending on what value you got tied in there, I guess. And if you want to kind of maximise those blank game week players, Son, he went for me last week. And um, he's he's someone I might revisit to look at again when I wild card, but um, but he's a goner for now. Um, as you pose, Sky Player in FBL was asking about um, surely surely Lee should be closed off by now because he's gotten bumped off top spot by a few unfashionably late new entrants. There is Mersey there just announcing his arrival back in the pod. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, we we have ours closed off a while ago anyway. But um, I know not all the podcasts do that, and that's all we got time for on tonight's podcast. We have been Mars. You can find at Mars05. Kylie, you can find at KylieFPL. Myself, you can find at The Marble Curse. Um, we hope you've enjoyed listening in. Have a browse through our back catalogue. We have a load of getting to know you podcasts. And if you haven't listened to those yet, do we do recommend you give them a shot. Um, we get to know FBL managers from all over the world. So they're great fun. And um, I think they're, they're an important part of what we see as being part of the FBL community. Best of luck to you all in, uh, in Game Week 30. Adios, amigos. One for each other and all for one. The three brave amigos are we. Brother to brother and everyone. A brave amigo.